The following is a presentation of Broadway Church in Vancouver, British Columbia. For additional media, visit broadwaychurch.com. What exactly is a healing hotspot? We know what a, a Wi-Fi hotspot is, right? A Wi-Fi hotspot is a, a physical location where you, people obtain access to the internet. And so what I'm going to do is just as a way of visualizing this, of course, a uh, Wi-Fi hotspot is a much larger location than I'm setting out here with these uh, pylons. Uh, but uh, essentially, you get the picture with this. With this, this is a physical location, and inside of this physical location, I'm able to gain access to the internet, free access to the internet. And the farther away I get from that physical location, the less connected I become to the internet. But the closer I get, and if I can get right in the center of this zone, that is ideal. This is a Wi-Fi hotspot. Okay, well, that's a Wi-Fi hotspot. Then what is a healing hotspot? Well, a healing hotspot isn't a physical zone, but it's, it's a spiritual zone. Think of it as a relational zone where people can obtain access to the restorative power of God. Now, healing hotspot is a term we made up here at Broadway for the purpose of this sermon series. You're not going to find it in the Bible. You're not going to find it anywhere out there that I'm aware of. It's a term we made up for the purpose of this series. But it's the zone whereby a person can access the healing, restorative power of God. Now listen, I have been, being, been a full-time pastor since 1985. And I, I'm not old, I'm not young. I've seen a lot in those decades. And I can tell you this, in my experience in ministry and in life, even working with the regional police, which I did for a season in Ontario, I can tell you this. I have never seen the amount of brokenness in people's lives that I see today. Brokenness manifests itself in all sorts of ways. There's physical brokenness, there's mental, emotional brokenness, there's spiritual brokenness, there's relational brokenness, and these brokenness aspects can all intermingle and overflow one into the other. I have never seen such brokenness in our world as I see today. And we have a God, we serve a God who wants to heal and restore that brokenness. A God who wants to come into our lives and bring wholeness and life and hope in the midst of our brokenness. And so think of the healing hotspot as the place where a person can gain access to this healing and restoring power of God. Now, when we say it's the place where a person can gain access to God's restorative power, what do we mean? Well, th think in these terms. Someone asks you, how's your relationship with your best friend going? And you say, oh, you should know. You say, our relationship is in an excellent place right now. Now, when you say your relationship is in an excellent place, you don't mean that your relationship is in a physical location, and that physical location is really, really nice. When you say our relationship is in an excellent place, you mean your relationship is healthy and strong. Well, when we speak of God's healing hotspot, that's what we're talking about. Think of God's healing hotspot as describing the strongest possible relational connectedness between you and God. Think of God's healing hotspot as the relationship zone where your spirit and God's spirit are connected as clearly and as powerfully as possible. So when someone says to you, hey, how's your relationship with God? 
ideally, you'd like to be able to say, I am living in the healing hotspot. So you got it? You understand what we're communicating with this term? Now, the challenge with the healing hotspot is this. Like a Wi-Fi hotspot, we can move in and out of this zone. Just like a Wi-Fi hotspot, the farther I get away from it, the less connected and the weaker my connection is. But as I move into the Wi-Fi hotspot, then I'm in a strong connection, but I can move in and out of this zone. Well, it's similar when it comes to God's healing hotspot. We can increase or decrease our sense of connectedness with the Spirit of God. I'm not talking about losing your salvation moment by moment. I'm talking about experiencing a level of connectedness between you and God. So what about your life? What's the relationship strength between you and God right now? Are you living in the healing hotspot? Now, someone might be thinking, okay, Darren, I know when I'm in a Wi-Fi hotspot by looking at the bars on my phone. How can I tell when I'm in the healing hotspot? What do I look for? What qualities do I look for in my life when I'm in this relationship, healthy, strong relationship zone? What are the signs that I am strongly connected to God? That is what we're discovering in this series. We're learning how to remain in or possibly how to return to God's healing hotspot to the strongest possible relationship connectedness with God. And we learned last week as we began this series that the biblical coordinates for God's healing hotspot can be found in one of the most famous passages in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, which is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I'd encourage you to turn to that, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, or it's on the side screens and on your outlines, I believe, as well today. The Bible says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, then I will forgive their sins, then I will heal their land. In this verse, we find all the information we need to retain, to restore, to renew, and to revitalize our relationship with God. Now, last week we began by highlighting the tiny two-letter word that begins the verse, if. And we learned a lot from that tiny little word. We learned last week that what God was teaching us in that passage with those, that little word was that we need to recognize our role. If you want to know how to remain in or perhaps how to return to God's healing hotspot, a strong connected relationship with God, you need to recognize your role. We learned last week that I have as much of God, uh, God's presence in my life as I want. I am as close to God as I want to be. I'm not forced to be in this zone. I choose to be here or I choose to be here. I need to recognize my role. The Bible speaks in contractual terms here. If you will, then I will, God says. There are certain things that I will only do, God says, if you do other things first. If you then, I will. If you will do this, then I will do this. And so we learned last week that God's not withholding from us. God's responding to us when it comes to our relationship with God. So today we're continuing by looking at another quality of a life that is in God's healing hotspot. Today we're going to learn that having a healthy relationship with God means you not only recognize your role, but as your outline says, you also recognize your reality. 
A doctor was giving a tour of the local prison for the criminally insane to a newspaper reporter. And the reporter said, so doctor, tell me, how do you determine if a person is sane or insane? And the doctor said, actually, we have devised a sort of a a test to determine a person's intellectual health. The doctor said this, what we do is this, individuals are given a problem to solve, and here's the problem. They are taken into a room where there's a bathtub, and that bathtub is full of water. And then they're informed that they need to empty that bathtub as quickly as they possibly can. And then they're given a thimble, a spoon, and a bucket. And they have to decide what's the fastest way to empty the tub. And the method that they choose tells us whether they're sane or insane. The reporter says, well, obviously, the bucket's the correct answer. And the doctor said, actually, the correct answer is to drain the tub. (laughs) Would you like to sell with a window or without a window? In 2 Chronicles 7.14, God provides us with a test to determine our spiritual health. God's looking to see how we respond to eight words that follow immediately after the word if. If my people who are called by my name. In fact, in your Bible, on your outline, underline those eight words. My people who are called by my name. That's what we're looking at for the next 20 minutes. In these words, God is laying down a truth about reality that every healthy soul grasps, acknowledges, and lives by. If you and I don't live according to these eight words, we're not recognizing our reality, and we're living outside of God's healing hotspot. Well, you say, Darren, what's so foundational about my people who are called by my name? What does my people who are called by my name have to do with us recognizing our reality in life? We're going to answer that question by doing a quick reality check for all of humanity, by very quickly touching on four foundational aspects of our reality, particularly as Christ followers. Now, at first, for the next five minutes, you might wonder where we're going with all of this, but trust me, it's all going to tie together in a moment. The first aspect of reality that we need to recognize is God's design as creator. God's design as creator. That's part of our reality we need to recognize. The Bible says God created mankind. That means all of humanity. He created mankind in his own image. That means we are are not running on instinct. That means we have a will, volition, intellect. We have a soul. We make choices like we learned last week. We've been created in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God is the only being who could literally call humanity my people. The Bible says in Colossians in the New Testament, we were made by him and we were made for him. He's before all of us. In him, we exist. We were made by God. We were made for God. We are God's possession. He owns us. We're his creation, we're his creatures. He owns us. I made these notes. I could crumple them up and tear them up right now. You might want me to do that, some of you. But I could if I wanted to. They're mine. I created them. We are God's creation. We're made by him and for him. And we're uniquely made, unlike any other creation on our planet, we are uniquely made in his image. 
Okay, so what happened next? Well, that brings us to the second aspect of our reality that we need to recognize, and that is our rebellion as creatures. Speaking of all of humanity, the Bible says this in Romans chapter one. Although they, you and I, although they knew God, so they had an intellectual awareness of God, a relational awareness of God even, they neither glorified him, so we didn't honor him, we didn't recognize who he was, nor gave thanks to him. We didn't say, hey, thank you for making me. Thank you for giving me my existence. We didn't either. But their thinking became futile. We became useless and pointless, confused in our thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. We got farther and farther and farther away from God's design, and we got into the darkness as we wandered from the one who created us. We rebelled against him. So how did God respond to our rebellion? I'll tell you what God could have done. As the creator and the most powerful, greatest conceivable being, God could have squished us like bugs and said, forget it. This creation that I made, they've rebelled against me. They've turned their backs on me. They want nothing to do with me. Well, then I will remove my presence from their lives. I will no longer sustain them because remember, the Bible says it's in him we live and move and have our being. So he will no longer sustain us with his life and we will simply implode and cease to exist. He could have said, forget it. I'll start over with a new creation. Or he could have said, ah, forget it. I'm not going to create anything. He could have done that and he would have been well within his rights to do that. He could have done it. He could have wiped us out, but that's not how he responded. And that brings us to the third reality that we need to recognize, God's response in Christ. The Bible says, and this is Jesus talking now, Jesus speaking about himself, says, God the Father so loved the world, mankind that rebelled against him, he so loved them that he gave, the Father gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, the Son, will not perish but have eternal life. Here's how God chose to respond. You've run away from me. You've rejected me. You've turned your back on me. I'm not going to squish you like a bug. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you and seek to draw you back into relationship with me. Not because God is somehow needy, but because God knows that you are needy and he loves you unconditionally and he's doing all that he can to bring you back into relationship, to bring you back to what you were originally created to be. And he did it through Jesus. God took on the form of the man, Jesus, who came and lived a perfect, sinless life. The Bible says the wages that our sin pays us is death or separation from God. Kicked out of the healing hotspot, living on our own, apart from God. That's what sin pays us. And ultimately, if we die in this state, then we'll forever be separated from God. That's called death, eternal death. But God, the Bible says that's what wages, the wages of our sin pays. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God offers us to return to the healing hotspot through the gift of forgiveness that Jesus offers us. Yes, Jesus says, you have been separated from the Father. Yes, you deserve eternal death, but I am willing to cleanse you and forgive you of all of that activity that separated you from my Father, and I'm willing to bring you back to pay your moral debt so that you once again can stand in that healing zone. That's God's response in Christ. By the way, have you accepted this gift? Again, as we learned last week, you need to recognize your role. It's your choice. It's a gift. God doesn't force himself upon you. You have as much of his presence in your life as you want. And if you want to remain way out in the darkness, you can do that. 
He'll respect your decision forever. But he's offering you right now as you sit here, forgiveness and cleansing through the person of Jesus Christ. And you need to accept that as a choice, like a gift, like any gift. And before you leave today, you'll be given the opportunity to accept that gift. Well, our reality is simple as we've seen. First of all, we are created in God's image. We are his property made by him and for him. Then we learned we rebelled against our creator and we plunged into lives of darkness and separation from God. And then we learned thirdly that God responded to our rebellion, not by rejecting us, but by pursuing us with his unconditional love, offering us the gift of eternal life. And what happens to us once we receive this gift? Well, that brings us to the fourth and final slice of reality that we need to recognize. And this is the slice of reality that God is emphasizing in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And that is our reality as Christ followers. Our reality as Christ followers. See, in here in 7, 14, God addresses us as my people. So yes, we're his created things. My people who are called by my name. As a follower of Jesus, you're more than God's property. You're more than just my people. As a follower of Jesus, you are transformed into God's child. As a follower of Jesus, you are adopted into God's family. You are called by his name. His name and all that comes with it is now applied to your life. His authority, his character, his power are all available in your life as a follower of Jesus. And to live in the healing hotspot is to recognize this reality. To live in the healing hotspot is to fully experience this reality. To live in the healing hotspot is to realize that my life is not my own. We sang this just a few moments ago. I'm not my own, I'm yours. I belong to God. He is the greatest conceivable being, and I am his creation. But not only am I his creation, I'm also his child. My people called by my name. I'm not merely his possession. I am someone that he loves. I am someone that he went to great measures to rescue. Listen to how the apostle Peter described this reality in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9. Peter wrote this, speaking to Christ followers, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, meaning you have direct access to the presence of God. You are a holy nation. You're a people set apart. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Do you realize what all of this means, folks? It means your reality as a follower of Jesus is incredible. As followers of Christ, we have special honor placed upon us. When we stand in God's healing hotspot, when we stand in this relational zone, when we stand strongly connected to God's spirit, we stand as sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. The healing hotspot is a place of relational intimacy, transparency, love, and acceptance. 
We don't stand as strangers in the healing hotspot. We don't even stand as guests in the healing hotspot. We don't even stand as really good friends to God in the healing hotspot. Our reality is much greater than that. As followers of Jesus, we have special honor placed upon us. We are his people called by his name. When we dwell in the healing hotspot, we dwell knowing that we are his children. But standing here as his people called by his name has an even greater reality than that. Not only do we have special honor placed upon us, we also have special access granted to us. When we stand in the healing hotspot as God's special creation, as God's children, we have special access to all that God is and all who God is. Do you need wisdom? Do you need direction in your life today? When you live in the healing hotspot, when you live in relationship with God, you have special access to the very mind of God, the Bible says. Are you lonely? Do you feel abandoned? When you live in the healing hotspot, when you live in relationship with God, you have special access to the very presence of God. Do you feel worthless? Do you feel separated from God and from everyone around you? When you live in the healing hotspot, when you live in relationship with God, you have special access to the unconditional love of God. Do you feel weak? Do you feel weary in mind and in body? When you live in the healing hotspot, you have special access to the power of God. That's the reality that as followers of Jesus we experience. And when you recognize this reality, now hear this. When you truly focus upon this reality, one of two things will happen to you. You are God's people called by his name. When you truly focus upon that truth, when you truly focus upon that reality, one of two things will happen. It will either cause you to remain in the healing hotspot or if you're outside of the healing hotspot, when you truly focus upon reality, it will incite you to return to that healing hotspot. When you truly focus upon reality, it will cause you to remain in that zone, or if you're outside that zone, it will draw you back to reality. Where are you when it comes to your relationship with God right now? Are you inside? Are you outside of the healing hotspot? Are you inside or outside God's relationship zone? One of the most treasured stories that Jesus ever told was the story that's known as the story of the prodigal son, the, the wandering wayward son. As Jesus told the story, there, there was a father who had two sons, older son and a younger son. And the younger son had a bit of a rebellious streak in him. And the younger son one day said, hey dad, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. I want my inheritance and I want it now. Now the father could have been and probably was wounded by this. He could have been and probably was insulted by this. But the father made a unique choice. He said, all right, son, if that's what you want, I will give you your inheritance now and you can do with it as you please. And so as Jesus told the story, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country and there in that distant country, Jesus said, that young man squandered his wealth in wild living. I'm the third of four kids and um, 
as my parents tell the story, as I remember, they said, when I was about four or five, I ran away from home one day, decided I was going to run away. I wasn't getting my way, wasn't getting what I wanted. And so I decided to run away, except I only ran away to the street corner because I wasn't allowed to cross the street. So I was... (laughs) Well, this young son in Jesus' story, had no such restraint. When he ran, he ran fast and he ran hard. And when he got as far away as he could, he lived fast and he lived hard. Do you know what it feels like to run away from God? Do you know what it feels like to wander outside of that zone that you know is home? Do you know what it feels like to wander off into the darkness, away from the light, away from everything you were created to experience? At first, it's kind of fun. First, it's kind of enjoyable. There's pleasure in it. There's pleasure in sin for a season. Even the Bible says that. But then you get a time when it's kind of diminishing returns. It's not what it once was. Maybe you know what it's like to have once lived in that zone of the presence of God, but you found yourself wandering off, decision by decision, day by day, minute by minute, choice by choice. Do you know what it's like to have once lived in the center of God's presence and now not so much? The young man in Jesus' story eventually fell upon tough times. His fantasy was crushed by his reality. He spent all the money that he had, so he eventually had to go to work. He ended up working for a farmer who apparently wasn't the greatest employer in the world. And there was a severe famine in the land, so food was scarce. Of course, families got fed first. Farmhands had to feed, fend for themselves. And as Jesus told the story, the young man was so hungry and he was treated so poorly that he was tempted to eat the slop that he was feeding to the pigs. And then it happened. I've always been intrigued by the way Jesus put it. Jesus said, and then the young man, and I quote Jesus, came to his senses. He came to his senses. It just happened. One day, the young man just came to his senses. He recognized his reality. And he thought to himself, as he's feeding these pigs with the slop, he thinks to himself, what am am I doing here? What am I doing out in the darkness, feeding pigs, starving? What am I doing with my life? Why am I so far from home? My my dad's servants get fed better than this. Where am I? Why am I here? He came to his senses. Have you ever had a moment like that? Like that son, he just returned home. Have you ever had a moment where seemingly out of nowhere, you just came to your senses. Who knows how it happens? It just happens. Somehow, the clouds part, the light turns on, and there's a moment of great clarity, and you recognize your reality. Perhaps you're here today, and you are far from God. Or you may not be far from him, but you know that you are beginning to head in the wrong direction. You once knew what it was like to dwell in that healing hotspot, but you have wandered off. And you know it if you're honest with yourself. It's my prayer that this is the moment that you come to your senses. You've been chasing a fantasy, but this is the moment that you recognize reality. 
God made you to be his child. God made you with a purpose and with a destiny for your life. And as Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, that son came to his senses and he went home. And as he was heading home, he was worried that his father would still reject him, still hold a grudge, still be angry and wounded and hurt. But the father, when he saw his son coming, he ran to his son. He embraced him. And his son started to to speak his well-rehearsed lines, I'm sure. Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. No, listen, you're my son, the father said. I love you. We are going to celebrate. You were lost, but now you're found. And they embraced. Jesus told that story so that every prodigal would know the father's heart towards them. Jesus told that story so that every man or woman who had wandered away from God would know that he was waiting and wanting to welcome them home, to welcome them back to the healing hotspot. And it's my prayer that in this moment, you will see where you are versus where you could be. That you'll see where you are versus where you were created to be. Why not come to your senses? Why not recognize reality? Which brings us to today's big idea, where we sum up the teaching in one simple sentence. Here's today's big idea to take home with us. No fantasy apart from Christ can match our reality in Christ. No fantasy apart from Christ can match our reality in Christ. We can rebel, we can run, we can chase after false hopes and empty promises, but the healing hotspot is where God designed us to be. And no fantasy apart from Christ can match our reality in Christ. It's where you have special honor placed upon you. You are God's child. The creator of the universe, the greatest conceivable being, calls you by his name. What other life can come close to that? No fantasy apart from Christ can match our reality in Christ. The healing hotspot is what God designed you to experience. It's where you have special access granted to you. You have special access to the mind of God, the presence of God, the love of God, and the power of God. What other way can lead to such incredible riches? No fantasy apart from Christ can match our reality in Christ. Folks, the healing hotspot, it's what you were made for. It's the only place where you can truly be free. So why not come to your senses and return home right now?